2: live from Europe welcome to the home of the latest search marketing news and views of the world welcome to the state of search our hosts sculpt the entire search marketing space from Berlin to Bucharest London to Lisbon the Silicon Valley and beyond Search marketers from around the world discuss the latest headlines and issues in search engine marketing, social media, and more. WebmasterRadio.fm presents State of Search with your hosts, Boss Vandenveld and Roy Hoiskies. Hello...
3: Good evening in Europe and good afternoon in the US or good morning even in the West Coast. Uh, This is State of Search. We are back. The last show before Christmas. And with me, of course, my good friend Roy. Hey, Roy. Hey, boss. How are you doing? I'm doing really good and I'm going to get our guest in right away because we have a guest again today. And I'm very proud to announce that we have uh, Mr. Brian Eisenberg as as our guest on the show. Hi, Brian.
4: Hey, how are you?
3: Doing really good. Thank you. How are you doing?
4: Oh, can't complain. We've got beautiful weather here in New York, it's, so can complain. Yeah. We were Almost just the talking. end of the year. Good times.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving is over, so getting ready for getting ready for Christmas, which means that uh, I think it's always fun in New York around Christmas time. Is that right?
4: Uh, fun or crazy with the amount of you know tourists that we have coming to see the trees and just, yeah, it's, you, you, like you can't walk anywhere near Rockefeller Center. It's just, the mad, mad, <laughs> madhouse there and, and you can't get you can't get fine chocolates you know that, that are flown in daily from uh, uh from europe there so it's a disappointment
3: you know <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's, it''s like living in Amsterdam. Um, I, I, I've lived in Amsterdam for 15 years. Um, w- when you live there it's totally different from when you're visiting uh, you, don't, you don't care about that stuff too much but if you're visiting you, you like it a lot and when you move out you like it again that's weird too by the way. Uh, anyway Brian Eisenberg you're uh, well famous author, famous speaker how, how would you uh, call yourself speaker or are you author? Brian? Brian? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
1: okay. Let's, let's just keep it with Brian then.
3: Uh, well, you wrote, the, you wrote several books. We were actually talking uh, just before the show a little bit about um, what it takes to, to write a book. Um, a, lot of us think, a lot of us think it's a lot of effort to, to write it. And um, well, you, You've written several. How, how difficult is it to, to write a book?
4: Well, I mean, you know, I've also been fortunate. I've, I've, I've had help with all of them. I've co-authored all my books. But the process really isn't very difficult. The problem is, you know, when you think book, you think, oh, my God, you know, the 200-page, 300-page monstrosity they have to put together. And you look at this big, overwhelming problem. Um, and that is where most people fail because they never even started. And um, it's actually almost identical to, to uh, the way we end uh, waiting for your cat to bark. It's like, um, you know, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> right, one one bite at a time, and when and you start chunking down the book into its little discrete pieces, then it doesn't become difficult to do because you know you can you can eat that little piece. You just the big book looks very overwhelming.
3: Yeah. Now, now what do you hear? What you hear a lot is that writers to, they uh, they locked themselves up, so they go I don't know um, camping some, or some hiking. Some of them deserve
4: to be locked up. <laughs> <laughs> that was my True. former profession. I was a social worker. I dealt with chronically mentally ill. No, anyway
3: yeah <laughs> but uh, like they say they, okay, they go go to a little house on the prairie or on on whatever place, and they just start writing and and they lock themselves up for a couple of weeks and then do it Is that the way you did it, or did you just like you said do it in little pieces uh, at home or at the, at the office?
4: so each book had kind of a different uh story. The only place we really locked ourselves up is so. Call to Action. It's two thousand five. We hit the number one. You know, uh, we hit the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal bestsellers. Uh, thanks, many thanks to Seth Godin, who, who wrote a blog post said, uh, "Don't judge a book by its cover." And he called the, the uh, original <laughs> cover of, of uh, Call to Action god awful. He said, "But drop everything you're doing and go buy the book." And it, you know, it sold additional thousands of books. And uh, we had six publishers, you know, uh, chasing us to to write a book for them and the publisher who eventually published Waiting for You Cat to Bark fell in love with the title, Waiting for You Cat to Bark, even though we had absolutely no story uh, for what it <laughs> meant. So literally, Jeffrey and I went to uh, a hotel in Long Island and uh, just got away from everything until we finally came up the story of Pavlov and um, cats and dogs and how it all kind of fit together. Um, yeah, so the title came before the book in that one. It was the only time we really needed to lock ourselves up.
1: <laughs> okay. Actually, I, have, I think I have the god awful.
4: You have the god awful with the the little Egyptian eagle on there and all that. Yeah, the
1: eagle one and and the magician books on it and and the the poison pot on it. (laughs) I have that one.
4: But, you know, I think it's still a very valuable lesson for people to have on there because I think a lot of people, um, you you know, they over-design things, right, to to the point where if you try to make a statement, if you want to be remarkable, right, let's say, especially in the world (laughs) of social media, uh, and that's what we were hoping for, right? We were hoping that people would remark about our book. And there was a number of things, right? First of all, when we when we launched the book, we were offering three copies for like twenty one ninety five, right? So three copies for the price of one, which was a remarkable offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were also the first book to offer a ton of stuff about conversion. We had lots of different uh, featured authors in there, like thirteen different people submit tips, and and we had them all scattered in so this. We gave a lot of great content, uh, and and there was a lot of and it was a pretty hefty book. It was like. I forgot it was, like 260-page hardcover, real, you know, real heavy, yeah, heavy book. A lot um, of coupons in there. Yeah, there was a, lot, a lot, there was a there was a whole bunch of things. But, but more than the last one was, okay, you know, we do judge books by its cover and, and by the imagery. And we said, look, you know, we can either come up with a, you know, ho-hum cover or we need to come up with something that's just going to be out, just outlandish. It's so like, you know, you're either going to love it or hate it. You're not going to fall in between. And I think so many marketers fall for, look, I want uh, you know, everybody to love it, that they end up with something that falls in between, and then nobody wants to even talk about it, either positive or negative. And if it wasn't for Seth's negative comment about the cover, we'd have, we wouldn't have sold thousands and thousands of books. So uh, you know, I think, you know, in, in, especially in today's age, you've got to understand that, uh, one, we were time crunch for the cover, so we didn't have time to thunk, think of something super outstanding We went for something a little bit more uh, outrageous, and it it obviously paid off many times over.
3: Mm. That would, to be honest, it would cost me like six months to actually think of a design. I'm horrible at that, so.
1: (laughs) And don't ask your designer to do it. Ask me for a designer because it will take me like six months to fuck it up, or (laughs) or more more than six months. Sorry for that. (laughs) Uh,
3: So um, I I have to tell you something, uh, listeners, uh, that every time I meet up with Brian at one of the conferences we we both speak at or both visit, um, uh, I get away with homework. He, He always gives me homework. And uh, that means that uh, we we sit down and and he looks at my website and and then he just starts uh, giving me advice like, do this, do that. So, uh, I was like, and every time I'm I'm thrilled with that, but it also gives me a lot of work to do. (laughs) So, um, that was uh, uh, something uh, I I like. But last time we were in Antwerp and um, Brian didn't just give me homework. He also gave um, uh, people in the audience homework. Right, Brian?
4: Definitely, always do.
3: Uh, you uh, um, ask people to um, actually think about stuff. Do, do you ever get people um, responding like two, three weeks after the uh, session saying, okay, I did what you asked me to do? Oh, abs-
4: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and some great stories from it, but even, but even like the story that you know you and I have. I mean, uh, you know, we, we know a Boss with his designer. I mean, obviously, we've been waiting for this redesign to happen on on, on the website for a while uh, mm-hmm. on the state of search. Um, but each time that we've talked about it, and I think the first time we spoke about it was in. Um, Stockholm, I think. In Stockholm, yeah. um, and uh, you know, I gave you a few things to work on there. And then uh, when we were in Antwerp, I gave you just even a couple of little small ones. Uh, and the best is hearing the story afterwards that you know, yes, I, you know, I made the changes to the, you know, the to the share buttons, and it's had an impact. And, and yes. that's the, yeah. the, the the best part, uh, you know, to ever have when when you know that you you know, made a suggestion, you've asked someone to do a little bit of work, uh, whether it was thinking or just even small changes, and and it has a positive impact.
3: Because it can be that simple. Uh, it, the one you now um, are, are putting on the table is is the thing I I changed. Is I had this share bar on the left side of of a post, and you said change it to one above and one below, and then immediately uh, we got more um, uh, um, clicks and more shares, uh, which which is great. So it can be that little change which can make a, a huge impact. Um. I'm uh, sorry I got distracted for a little bit for a second there because uh, we have a chat room as you might know and the chat room uh, knows that Brian's here so uh, they've, they they've filled up quite nicely so if you are listening live uh, you can com- come and join us in the chat room and ask questions uh, and we actually have a couple of questions there so I'm gonna uh, drop one in from, from the chat room Brian for you if you uh, don't mind uh, actually one from Romania. Uh, which is a uh, um, uh, Mr. Mile. I don't know what his full name is, but um, his question is: What do you think about uh, the travel blog niche? Is that uh, large no- newspapers and TripAdvisors get the largest piece of the pie, and nothing is left to bite? Uh, it's actually kind of what happens. What's happening with Google? They 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 are getting uh, all the uh, all the bits of the or the bites, and and other uh, other sites like uh, TripAdvisor Advisor. Um, are going to get into trouble i think um i'm not sure if i understand this question myself to be honest <laughs> uh so i'm trying going to gonna try it again brian maybe you understand what do you think about the travel blog niche
4: well I, I think he's asking you know is it worth you know going into the travel blog you know niche versus you know or, or, or the all the large newspapers and tripadvisor basically getting all the traffic and the travel uh, blog niche not getting much um so I, I think part of the answer is, you know, all of these sites like the Advisors when they first started out, um, you know, didn't have the the amount of traffic they do today. They've done it by creating better content that was out there. And so, you know, if you want to go into, uh, you know, a niche, uh, you better put the resources together to make it way better than anything else that's out there in the niche and, and create the valuable content that people are going to want, you know, to get involved with uh, and, and to interact with. And so, uh, you know. You got to start somewhere. You always start off small, and you know that's what good entrepreneurs do. And you build up, and you you focus in on on quality and, and meeting demand that that's not being met. Hmm.
1: I think I think that what you said is completely right. I mean, focusing on the quality, and I think a lot of niche blogs aren't focusing on quality; they are focusing on a lot of niche niches, and they hope that that some of the quality will seep through, and will get, gain users. While another, uh, what like, I mean, if you want to make a niche successful. It has to be about you being that uh, person knowing it all. Uh, and, and I think that's where a lot of people are t- heading in the wrong direction with niches, buying cheap content, for instance.
4: <coughs> exactly.
1: True.
3: Um, OK, I've got another question from uh, Brian Donovan in the chat room uh, about polarizing an, uh, an audience. Um, uh, why do you want to polarize an audience? Isn't that losing leads before uh, they get to uh, the message?
4: it's not it's not that you're necessarily losing leads it's that you know what you you want people to either love you or hate you if you're having a message that has no emotional impact one way or the other then you're really not you know you're not creating anything memorable to begin with uh you're very you know you're there's less likelihood that you'll even move them to take any kind of action um and you know it's not necessarily i'm trying to you know you know piss people off I'm, i'm basically saying look you know what you're either going to like the content for what the content is, or if you're really just going to judge a book by the cover, then you're not my type of customer anyway. Mm. Right? And it, it, so – go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so it, it really is just saying, look, you know what? People are either going to really like you for being who you are um, and, and willing to take a position versus trying to be what, what I call you know the $100 bill and trying to appeal to everybody. Okay. You're not a hundred dollar bill. You're not being given out to everybody and everyone loves you. Um, there are going to be people who love you and people who hate you. So why not work on trying to make sure you, you, you connect with the people who really can become huge fans uh, because they love everything about what you're doing.
3: Yeah. Um, he's He's got a follow-up question on that. Uh, are the people who say I hate it right away captured somehow for remarketing?
4: Well, it's not necessarily that, that, that um, you know, they're, they're recaptured. I mean, some, some of them certainly are. But some of them you want to basically do a different type of message at, at a different point. Uh, you know, back when, um, you know, we were, we were running our uh, group blog uh, when I had my agency, uh, you know, we knew we'd have, you know, types of posts that were meant to polarize some people. But then we'd have something, you know, to, to appeal to a totally different type of um, persona that was coming to our site. So <clears throat> you, you kind of just have to balance it. Um, you know, but keep true to your you know to your character at least
3: hmm. um which which reminds me of a follow up question myself um wh- what's your thought on remarketing we We see it a bit in Holland now with with uh, some sites trying to do it uh, by offering you banners when you go to different sites uh, based on what you saw on the site you went to first um but uh, that what happens now is that you can actually um buy a product, and then still let see that same product for, I don't know ten, twenty times uh, on different sites in in the weeks following, um, which is part of remarketing. Uh, how do you feel about that?
4: Well, considering I'm in the chat room, I'm being remarketed right now. Um, <laughs> I, it depends whether you're asking me as the marketer or as the consumer. Um, <laughs> you know as as the marketer, you know just like all marketing, there's good marketing and there's Bad marketing. Um, you know, good remarketing is is, is extremely effective. Um, but unfortunately, people do it and, and they're very lazy about it and they just, you know, keep coming back with the same message and, you know, the same one exact product and it just turns people off and they feel like they're being spooked, um, you know, and and, and, and watched and, and, and spied on where if you're really doing it effectively, you can, you know, mix and match messages. You can... You know, come at it from different angles, and then, then hopefully, get a much better uh, you know experience for the for the consumer.
3: Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, thank you for uh, for, the, for answering the questions. Uh, that's also what's being said in the uh, in the chat room. Um, so uh, I'm looking at the time for for break now. We can, we still have a few minutes. And uh, one thing which is interesting is that you are an expert in in conversion. And um, I, I, I read your last Click Z column, which I recognized very much because that was about, or well, it wasn't even your last one, um, but it was about Antwerp. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in Antwerp, you uh, did a presentation and uh, then Joost devalk was also there, a good friend of both me and Roy, also doing a presentation. And, um, well, roles got, kind of got flipped upside down during Joost's presentation because he actually pointed you at some of the uh, uh, things you were missing. Uh, so your, your click C uh, column was about how you sucked <laughs> on, uh, on, uh, on your website for, for several items. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? We've got about two minutes before break so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit now and then a little bit after the break but can you start off by telling uh, what Joost what uh, told you you should change about your site?
4: Well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, I, I, you know, I started my presentation of the day saying that your website sucks, and I said that everybody's website sucks. You know, the problem is nobody has unlimited resources. Everybody has more things, you know, calling for their time than than, than they know what to do with, and so, um, you know, to, to go from a company that, that wants to unsuck. Um, you got to realize that you, you do suck. First of all, that's a first you know admission. You know, again, coming from my social work background, I used to deal with people who were uh, drug addicted. The first thing is to recognize that you've got a problem. So yes, I've got a problem. My site sucked. So first thing I did when he you know, started spitting out uh, you know what, what was wrong with my site is literally get ready to start making changes. I opened up my WordPress admin and I just went to work. And I think that's that's part of the problem. Everybody's so willing to oh well, how do we know we suck and this no you do suck Pe- you know period you do guaranteed go make changes. Um, and I think that that's what we see. It's like you know, online is not very difficult to really change things, or shouldn't be. But people think like it's set in stone, and that you know you shouldn't make changes on a regular basis. So go ahead and get unsuck and and develop a, a, a culture that's willing to say. Oh, you know what? We don't have the ultimate product yet. Let's let's keep improving it. Let's keep improving it. And, and in the article I linked to um, a story about Pixar, who's obviously become one of the most you know profitable uh, um, and, and most successful movie studios of all time. Uh, again, a Steve Jobs production, and especially after his story came out. Um, and it's just how they've succeeded at, at constantly producing great, great animated films is because everybody's willing to say no. This is not good enough. And when you do that, you can start becoming unsucky.
3: Mm. <laughs> so change, uh, you should be open to change. That's, that's the first lesson we've learned here. Um, we're going to go into this a little bit more after the break. But first, we need uh, uh, to uh, uh, let our sponsors in because they uh, are the ones who make this show possible. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. And uh, Brasco,
2: can you take us to the commercials? State of Search. Returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors.
0: From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas, mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building the internet marketing ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public visit imninjas.com the ninjas are coming
4: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
0: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2012 internet advertising competition awards submit your banner ads email ads rich media online newsletters websites and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org deadline for entries is january 31st 2012 be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the web marketing associations 2012 IAC Awards go to www.iacaward.org now James and Arlene Martell here wishing you a a very very Merry Christmas and a very uh, prosperous 2012
4: we'd love to wish you a very happy holidays and Merry Christmas from James and myself and our family Adam, Justin, Shelby and Victoria and our granddaughter Brooke and our son-in-law Brian
0: From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm. Wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous
2: new year. You're listening to State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts.
3: Welcome back to uh, another episode of status search We are at part two of the show today and today we are talking with Brian Eisenberg who's our guest uh, from New York uh, and um, we were talking before the break about an article which Brian wrote uh, based on um, something he talked about in Antwerp uh, last month uh, and uh, our good friend Joe's also talked there and actually Brian's Brian's all about conversion and he talked about websites who uh, who sucks. Uh, because every website sucks, and uh, we we've just learned that we need to be open to change constantly. So make constant changes, right, Brian?
4: Continuous improvement. Yep, that's Continuous it. Continuous improvement.
3: Yes. Um, so um, a little bit more about uh, the talk on uh, in Amber because what happened there is that Joost uh, uh, focused on. Um, something which your website was lacking, which was not actually on, well, some of it was on your website, but most of it was actually outside of your website, but you could change it on your website. Kind of like, sounds like weird like this, but (laughs) you know what I mean? one
4: one simple example of that was, um, you know, I shared one of the terms that I was was ranking for, um, one of the speaking terms I was ranking for, and um, I, I was at the top of the search results. But the date on the the on the SERPs was a date from last year. And he said, you know, that just gives people the impression that it may not be fresh. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's only because in WordPress, even every time I've updated it, it just kept the original date without me making a physical, uh, you know, change to the date of the publication. Um, and, of course, you know, once you, once you do that and you make the change to the date, it just gives people a different impression of how fresh uh, it is. It's also why he suggests now, especially with the – with the release of WordPress 3.3, to go to um, a format where you're not using dates in your slugs as well in your post slugs. So, mm. um, you know, I I made the change. We'll see how you know what kind of an impact it has. Of course, this is this is a quieter time of year, so it's hard to measure an impact. Um, you know, for, for speaking, it'll it'll all pick up again in January. So,
3: yeah. But the thing which the thing which is most interesting about this is that uh, conversion is not just about how your site. Is optimized and and what you can do on your own website. It's also how the, the step just before that, uh, how people can get onto your website. Like, for, the simplest thing is the snippet. Um, you can optimize your snippet to uh, actually make some sort of a ad for your website, so, so people can actually get onto your website and be triggered to actually click on on the result in the SERPs. Um, or and, or
4: even in this case, uh, you know, one of the one of the uh, examples. Um, I actually have a video thumbnail. Uh, on one of the search results and, you know, he even commented about what the thumbnail was that, you know, what, what would you want to see, you know, if I do a search about some kind of speaker um, and you see a search result about, you know, Brian Eisenberg speaking, you'd want to see hmm. a picture of Brian Eisenberg speaking, you know, yes. as part of the thumbnail. And so, you know, changing the thumbnail to make sure that, you know, that shows up. But Little
3: this details. was about, this was about a video you host on your own website, right? It's not a YouTube
4: video. Correct correct yep. even 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 though i've even gone through a lot of my youtube videos and also tweaked what the, uh, the 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 chosen thumbnail is as well yeah
3: because on youtube you only get 3 choices so you yeah you, which which most of them usually suck to be honest <laughs> so you, so you, again
4: you try to go from suck to a little less suck
3: yeah <laughs> true yeah you pick the best the best one there uh, to actually uh, uh, get people to well more tempted to click on a, on a result um, well, Google's changing a lot on that uh, area they are they're, they're working on snippets all sort of different kind of snippets uh, uh, Roy knows all about that too um, uh, do you think that will this is a question for both of you both Roy and Brian do you think that in the next well in 2012 2011 is almost over um, we will be seeing a lot more changes in the SERPs than we've seen this year.
4: Oh, I think it's all about getting rid of the you know the ten blue links, everything you can do to make you know the, the results stand out more. I mean, it's starting to get a little uh, I think overcluttered in a lot of ways. I mean, now we're mm-hmm. having stars, and then we had the the plus, you know, and at least they got rid of the the plus one from there. Uh, but you know, every little thing that they can add to to make the experience a little richer, um, you know, they're hoping will will increase the click through rates on the search results and get people to the right page at the right moment.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, if you look at currently, they completely released the uh, the microformat thing. So it, it doesn't matter what kind of quality of site you have, you're going to get stars and you're going to get um, well all the microformats available, which is actually well. I, I'm I'm questioning myself: is that a good thing? Because if every website has stars, I mean, where's the where's the well advantage in there? In that there isn't. So uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, there should be a smarter way to figure out authority for Google, but that's that's the problem. 90% of the time, they don't have a smart way of doing that. They just have a whitelist. And that was, was the case for, for uh, microformats and enriched snippets. And now they released it. And now, I mean, every I saw affiliate sites, like really crappy affiliate sites, getting stars now. and am like, mm, okay, is that the way we want to handle this? Or at least, is that the way Google should be willing to handle this? I think not, but I mean it should be something specifically for, well, somebody who's deserved that based on authority, in my opinion.
4: You'd you, you imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you'd but, hope but, for that.
4: <laughs> but, but I mean, we all, we all know, you know, the, you know, the search results are broken. You know, the the, the whole thing is broken, so.
3: Yeah, well, they're trying really hard to to make changes, but it seems like there's too much change. Um, We saw last week we we actually chatted about that on Google Plus, Brian, um, where uh, Google profiles showed up in the serps when you search for somebody uh, who was in your Google profiles. um, uh, you, You get a little box on the top of the search results uh, showing um, the the plus page for that person, showing uh, the latest comments, but also showing uh, the links they shared on on Google Plus, which then again is interesting again, because then people click on it, uh, on those links. Um, But the question is, do you want to see the Google Plus page of somebody um, first and then for example the, the, like if you do a search for Brian Eisenberg you you, uh, you, you chances are you might see if you are uh, if Brian is in your circle um, you might see Brian Eisenberg's uh, Google Plus page first and then after that um, uh, your brianeisenberg.com website
1: yeah this that, we that? one That's one way of making sure Google Plus isn't going to be really popular because a lot of people are just want to have it shared in a small circle not out on the whole internet and I think people don't understand when my mom starts asking me what's this and what's this and what's this on the Google search page you're doing it wrong Google that's the way I look at it but maybe Brian has a different opinion about that.
4: Well you know this, this discussion keeps coming up today several times now I'm not really sure why but you know Chrome has become the most successful browser why? Uh, and why is Google put out Chrome? Well, you know, to get the end consumer data. They they know what where people are converting. You know, they're getting better data than, the, than they were with the toolbar this way. Um, you know, it's a much more closed loop than they've ever had beforehand. So, you know, they're monitoring. They're trying to figure out what's really working and what's not. And, you know, give them credit. They're working a lot more to unsuck every day. They suck. We all suck. But they're trying to unsuck every day a little less. You know, a little less.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, the question, however, still is, is: is do we want to be to have our Google Plus page on to the top before our regular websites?
4: I mean, me personally, no. Um, you know, would I rather it above? You know, above some of the other things that, that show up for my name? Yeah, absolutely, at times. I mean, I mean, especially I remember when you know I left my agency. You know, it took me almost uh, three and a half months for brianisenberg com to rank. Uh, ahead of Brian Eisenberg, uh, ahead of uh, my old, you know, Agency Future Now and grok.com listings where, you know, I'm no longer relevant there and I haven't added anything there in almost three years. You know, yet they're still ranking.
3: Yeah. So so that uh, the, the the fact that Google puts the, the uh, Google Plus page on top might be interesting for some people, though. Um, I remember writing about it, uh, I think it was, well, half year and a half ago, I think, or earlier this year, maybe I don't know. Um, when I'm, uh, I, I talked to people from Microsoft. Uh, they asked me, okay, what sh- what should we do to stand out? And I was like, okay, one thing which is still lacking is like people search. If you do a search for a person, uh, you get a lot of crap on both Google and um, uh, and Bing. And what would be nice is a page which you can monitor yourself, saying, okay, this is where my uh, business pages. this is where my personal blog is this is a page uh, linked to my twitter account stuff like that and actually that, that's exactly what google's doing with the google profile page because it could be the home page you were, a lot of people didn't have
1: well and you have to fill it because if you don't fill it it's going to be a sucky page on the first spot so it's also a motivation to push google plus
4: yeah but but at the same time you know they also have you know the, you know their own weirdness which is You know, here I am, a Google Apps user, right, for Enterprise, and I've got, you know, a different profile page for, you know, that I have to use my regular Gmail and a different one now for my apps because they finally enable that. Uh, But now they've got two listings for Brian Eisenberg, and it's the same (laughs) Brian Eisenberg, but they haven't been able to reconcile them yet, which is when, when they finally start doing that, maybe they're in the right direction.
1: Well, that's going to at take least they, they at least they released this week another set of features features that will make you s- make them suck less. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm not convinced about the Google, Google Plus thing, but they did some cool stuff. Well, I, you, know, I was,
4: you, you look at that, and then you look at Facebook, who you know who's putting things into suck more, which is adding you know ads into the you know in, into the uh, um, right into the newsfeed. So. <laughs>
1: the funny thing is that that i think that what google is doing is, is sucking more at search and sucking well less at social kind of thing yeah and yep. i think facebook is sucking less in general because i i like everything facebook's doing at the moment i mean i think it's pretty smart to to well have the social proof in there i mean that's that's quite a good thing you liked it why shouldn't you be well, telling people that you liked it. I mean, it's just a small step, and I mean, it's a huge step for a lot of people, I think. But it's it's just, and in, if, in, if you look at it semantically, like the programmers, they are, uh, they, they do. I mean, it's just a very small step doing so. So I think it's it's pretty actually a pretty smart way of of helping advertisement. But I don't, I don't think that sucks so much, <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. But.
4: No, I mean, was I've it- always commented that their ad program was broken because there were no ads in mobile and if they're starting to move in there. But I think the, again, it's just it's a balance. I mean, the timeline, you know, I think yes, people are getting used to it, and I think there's definitely some pros to it. but I also think you know aesthetically, it's not as pleasing as as uh, you know as it used to be. Um, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily an, an improvement or not. And I think, you know, sometimes you think you make a radical uh, improvement, but you're also taking steps back. And so you have to that's, – that's part of why you want to do some incremental things. They could have still done timeline and keeping it much more uh, of that white and open space that they've, that they've been known for, the clean design they've had for so long. And now it's starting to look like, you know, the, the, the revised MySpace.
3: Well, things are looking similar to me. If you look at the new Twitter homepage, you can... Uh, well, not Talking everybody has that. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it looks, it looks more like Facebook. It's like everybody everything is kind of looking... It's going to be similar to each other. I don't know.
4: I'd... Well, but people are getting used to interfaces as well, right? So, you you know, you don't want to be completely, you know, very different than everyone else or else, you know, what they don't want to start learning new interfaces.
3: Yeah, maybe. But on the other hand, that's what made Google big. Because when Google just launched 11 years ago, uh, I remember people saying, you have to go to Google because that's not cluttered. It's just links to results. That's it.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And people liked that because it was so different from all the banners and links from Yahoo and AltaVista and stuff like that.
1: Like the current Google.
3: Like the current Google, yeah. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. (laughs) So it's like... it's. it's either you, I don't know what you think about that, Brian, but it's either, okay, you fit into what people are used to or stand out, which you were talking about before.
4: And, and that's the decisions you have to make. And it's like, um, you know, I, you know I, think, I think for a while Google was really struggling with their identity. Um, and I think now they're, what we're seeing is Google in a, in a massive transitional world. Um, and, you know, they're willing to expose, you know, some of their uh, nakedness to the world. And we're seeing some of the rough edges. And, uh, you know, I think the vision of where they want to be over the next couple of years, you know, will definitely start materializing.
3: Mm-hmm. Which, the uh, funny thing is that the, the real change happened the moment Schmidt stepped back as CEO. And, exactly. and Page, Page got back in as CEO. Um, but Page is, is, is like the less social person. I don't know on the internet, maybe even. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's that, that's quite surprising to see what what shift they made. Um, uh, also, which um, uh, speaking of Facebook and Google, both of them are actually um, looking at some complaints or, or looking at some uh, uh, maybe legal issues. Uh, Facebook with the Facebook stories uh, stuff. The, you know, if you like something, uh, you might show up in an ad. Um, that is being investigated while uh, on, uh, yesterday on Search Engine Land, uh, there was news that uh, U.S. senators uh, are asking for an FTC investigation into uh, Google search results um, uh, because they might be favoring their own properties in search results, like Google+, Plus, for example. Um, could that be an issue or will that just blow over?
4: I think it'll. I think it'll blow over because you know at the end of the day, um, it is their property.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you you know it's like
4: it's like trying to tell the New York Times, no, sorry, you can't run that story on the front page because we don't like it. Huh?
1: I I agree. I mean, it it is. That's what I always say. But on the other hand, I mean, if you have well, in the U.S., there's sixty percent market share they have. If you go to Holland, there's it's like ninety-eight percent. That's a different situation. But that's, not it, their,
4: but that's there but that's that's not necessarily you know they shouldn't be punished for having market share at the no, same
1: I, time no i agree i mean they shouldn't be punished for it but it should be made of – um they should understand that there comes responsibility with uh, a market share like that and i think uh, a lot of people are having problems with the fact that they they feel and i don't necessarily feel the same way but they feel that they they you know, will abuse it because they can and I don't think they're even thinking about that because, well, if you, I mean, there's a different situation if you have a 60% market share or a 98% market share. I mean, don't let there be any doubt about that. If they do it in the US, it's okay. And if you just push it out to Holland, they never even thought about the fact that they they, they own this market and there's nothing uh, people can go to. But, I mean, there, there comes a responsibility with that.
3: Hmm. And if you search for a search engine on
1: Google, you won't find Google.
4: Yep.
1: Well, that's because you're already there, right?
3: Uh, no, they, they don't like if you if you search for I don't know for for any other products which which is Google like you might find it, but if you look if you type right. in search engine uh, there, there's no Google on the first page.
1: Faulty anchor text, I guess. <laughs>
3: well, maybe that's to prove that they don't Yeah, push their yeah, own products. No,
1: not their own product you're on at the moment. I mean, it's like asking the church where the church is. Like, yeah. You're in there, stupid.
3: Uh, well, it's the most, I think it's still one of the most searched for terms, to be honest. Exactly.
4: Google. Exactly. What,
1: search engine? No. Google. No, Google.
4: Google is oh. one of the most searched for terms on Google.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean the, the, the philosophy behind that, I mean, I, I've talked about this before. It's like amazing. The first, I mean, every time we talk to it, because if I type it in there, it always is right. Well, that's the problem with market share as well. I mean, people type it in there because it will get them to the right place at that moment. I mean, it's the same with Google or whatever thing you type in there. I mean, if you type in TV, fat chance that you're going to end up at tv.com. I mean, it's it's okay because that's what people, or at least, get the suggestion you can click on because people are lazy. Yeah,
4: that they are.
3: That's that's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's about time for our second break, but I'm guessing um, I'm just waiting for a signal from uh, um, Bresco for that. I think we're about to go there. Uh, And um, again, if you uh, have questions for Brian, please come to the chat room, drop them there and we can ask Brian uh, questions. So we're going to ask him about some tips we should do. um, uh, So he's going to give us homework, I hope, uh, after break. So um, stick with us and we'll be right back. Brasco, can you take us to the commercials?
2: State of Search returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for
0: eBrands.
2: As you know,
4: being an expert at fk.
3: What did she say?
4: Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with fk? You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their fk performance to the next level.
0: The language.
4: Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Acquisio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit
1: acquisio.com to get a demo today. Acquisio. Search social. Display one platform
0: superior affiliate offers superior affiliate brands superior affiliate service The superior affiliate management superior affiliate management delivers direct exclusive offers with weekly payouts their mission is to ignite your e-commerce and ignite your commissions Superior Affiliate Brands means our work with the internet retailers top 500, as well as new brands, thanks to their full service agency and CPA network. Superior Affiliate Service means lifetime bonus referrals and personal VIP treatment. When you hear Superior Affiliate offers, Superior Affiliate Brands, Superior Affiliate Service, that's samopm.com.
3: Hi, I'm Bas Vandenbeld. And Roy Oiskes. And we are from State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. And
1: we are wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From
0: all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm. Wishing you Happy
2: Holidays and a Prosperous New Year. You're listening to State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts... So, welcome back. It's the final part
3: of the CETA Search show, and we are talking to Brian Eisenberg uh, today, um, and we, we've talked about several different topics. Um, Brian, um, you look at a lot of sites and, and try to um, pinpoint where people should start off with their uh, making it less suck less. Um, is there any website in the world which you would say, okay, I want to grab that website and, and just change it and... Be be Brian on it, so to speak, like Google or Facebook or whatever.
4: Um. Yes, I mean it's not it's not even um, uh, any one site. It's little details all the time, and I, I I mean I blogged about one the other day, which was just kind of funny. I don't know if it's me being punchy or what, but um, I read a really. Uh, interesting article about a new uh, product being developed for an iPad um, as you know I've gotten a, a lot into uh, you know health and fitness over the last couple of years having you know dropped over 100 pounds and so uh, yeah. now especially in wintertime you know I, it's about the only time I'll do indoor you know either treadmill or bicycle uh, uh, the rest of the year you know I, I prefer to be outdoors um, and so I was reading about a, a new product that just came out. That is a rail that attaches to your iPad and it sits on top of your, you know, treadmill or, or exercise bike or, or uh, elliptical. And what's cool is that same week, I actually saw a very cool uh, new app uh, by a company called Bit Gym, um that basically lets you, uh, you know, have your I- uh, iPad on the treadmill or bicycle and then shows you uh, reels of you riding on. Um, or the you know the scenery around you like on the mountain top and stuff like that and it turns into a <laughs> whole video game so I figured oh that's an awesome combination so uh, I went ahead and I downloaded the app and then I saw, read the article about this fitrail because I actually don't have a guard on my exercise bike at home to, to to lay the iPad so I said okay this is cool I'm gonna add it to my Amazon wish list so I go ahead and I I, I read the article that has a link directly to Amazon to buy it and, you know I cl- I click through I put it onto my wish list it gives me the wish list confirmation page. And amazingly enough, um, there was no ability to share um, that I added that item to my wish list. And I, I, like, I wanted to share that item with, with Jeffrey, my brother, because I figured mm-hmm. he'd also find it pretty cool. Uh, and maybe I'd get him exercising a little bit more. Um, you know, or at least this way he could you know, be on his <laughs> iPad while, while riding a bicycle. And um, there was no share, no, no feature to share or, or share that I just added item to my wish list. And I was kind of shocked.
3: Yeah, it's, because it's, Amazon shares a lot. There's a lot of sharing op- opportunities on Amazon.
4: Yeah, and so f- from the wish list, it seemed just a bizarre thing. Or you know, maybe I got share happy, and then sure enough, a couple of days later, obviously you know, holiday time, so I've been starting to, to buy things. I actually bought Jeffrey his uh, uh, his uh, present. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen these um, uh, in Amsterdam, but they have these new tumblers that I've been seeing in my magazines. They're these cups that are uh, constantly make drinks cooler or make them hotter, and they're indestructible. Um, and they're unbreakable. I mean, just t- totally cool. And I, I got him a, a set with covers and all of that. And you know, I ordered them on Amazon, had them shipped to his house, and there I am on the thank you page in a whole huge widget for sharing.
1: <laughs> I'm like,
4: okay. well, I'm not going to tell him now that I just I bought it for him. But you know, when I wanted to add the other thing, I yeah. So you know, it's funny that in some places it has it, and then in others it doesn't. So it, there's oh, I always see little things I'd like to make suck less, and that that would be one example. <laughs>
3: Can you look at a site without uh, thinking you should change that?
4: Um, it's difficult. <laughs>
3: um,
4: a- actually, you know, it, it it gets to the point where you know, I, you know, I also teach a lot of students in market motive, you know, conversion optimization, and I tell them the one thing that's going to happen by the time you finish the course is you're just never going to be able to look at sites the same way, and it's so true. You just uh, you know, you just see flaws, unfortunately, all over the place, and it's it, it's a positive and a negative at the same time.
1: I haven't, I haven't been able to book a holiday online since the day I started working in internet marketing because I, I mean that's that's a part of the internet that they could certainly start sucking less a bit more. <laughs>
4: yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because Google's tried to take on that market. The, the The problem with most of the 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 holiday um, you know uh, aggregators and all of that is that they're using this very structured data that was structured you know decades ago. Uh, and basically just spitting it out in a slightly fl- friendlier format, right, as, as opposed to you don't have to be a travel agent anymore to do it. But it's still not in the way that people think about how they would want to purchase a vacation. And yeah. it's those companies that go ahead and start reimagining these things and, and reconfiguring them. And then, uh, again, Google's experimented with it, and I know Expedia started to experiment with it in some formats. Uh, but it, it is. It's a, it's a very hard thing to, to you know, totally come out of the box and, and come up with a whole new uh, concept behind this.
3: Is is that just because people are used to working with the old programs they used to be working with in within the uh, travel agencies?
4: Yeah, and and that and they're just not comfortable making you know radical improvements. You know, you know Google is is comfortable. That, you know, they, they did that hotel view where you can look you know and see what's around the whole area and stuff like that. Um, but most people just you know don't don't do that on a regular basis. They're not willing to come up with you know a whole new approach.
3: Hmm. What's the first thing you look at when you uh, go to a website?
4: Well, I think it's the same thing that most people do. And and it's part of what I give people as one of their homework assignments whenever I give them their uh, uh, marketing optimization fitness plan, which is, you know, in today's world of so much search and social, you know, people are only going to give you the first five to eight seconds of attention to decide if they even want to be on your site. So you have to give them a reason why they want to buy from you. And I call that my tweet VP today. Because you used to be able to have a little bit more time to explain to people why they should buy from you, but now, if if you're explaining it in 140 characters or more, just you know slap yourself in the back of the head. Um, it's got to be short and sweet and shareable. Uh, I, I mean, the classic example of this, and, and Apple has been a master of this from the, you know their their beginnings of their marketing program. They've always come up with very discreet, simple wording to explain what they do. Mm. Desktop publishing. Um, you know. Uh, there's think an different. app, yeah. There's an app for that, right? All, all think differently, right? All of all of these uh, have all been examples of just very simple, clever, you know, marketing messages that explain why you'd want to do business with them.
3: Um, that that hasn't changed because of the web, has it? Uh, because no,
4: that, but there used to be an old expression in the '60s about writing copy that your your copy should be, um, you know, like a woman's skirt. Uh, you know, uh, short enough to be interesting, but long enough to cover the essentials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think the one difference is, you know, that that that, le- that sh- uh, skirt has gotten shorter and shorter <laughs> as the years <laughs> go by because our attention spans have gotten smaller.
3: Yeah. So what's beneath should be a lot more tempting.
4: Exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, uh, okay. Um, so, but would you say that? Um, because that, what, what strikes me the most is that. It, Things haven't changed that much since, I don't know, um, uh, 20, 30 years ago, even before the web. Things just got a lot faster. And one big change is what you just said about having that tagline or having that pitch. Because that's I, I remember learning 20 years ago that I needed to have a, 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 an elevator pitch uh, and, and be short and to the point with what I... Yep. Uh, wanted to do, uh, or wanted melts, to sell.
4: Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. What can't exactly? Is that? Yeah. The, re- the real thing. I mean, we could yeah. think of you know dozens of these, um, but yeah, mo- most people just uh, you know are, overcomplicate things.
3: Yeah, but the, the biggest change is that it should be shareable, right?
4: Um, and I think that's that's a big part of it. The, the the one constant change that's happened is that the, the more people, the the ability to publish has become democratized. So the ability for people to uh share their thoughts, their thinking, their you know, what they see, what they feel, what they you know, what they want has become much easier than ever before. You know, right now, you know, talking Google Plus and Facebook. I mean it literally is just a one button and all of a sudden I'm 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 sharing with you, you know, my, my dreams and my desires. And if you're a marketer and you can figure out how to tap into that, you, you know, you can be incredibly successful.
3: Yep. Yeah. So it's it's all about sharing now. Yeah. Or letting others share your content. That's Okay, um, can you give us one last tip. What's, what's our homework? Because we're almost running out of time?
4: One last tip. So I think the, the one tip I'll give people is, um, you know I'm, I'm a big fan of testing, but I find that a lot of people don't do enough testing. And I literally just finished a webinar just before I got on the call here today. Uh, and the webinar was how to use PPC to boost your conversion rate. And what I tell people is, that, look, you have to get into the habit, just like an exercise. To start testing intelligence, not just throwing things up in random, oh, I'm, I just threw up a new ad and let's see how it works. But this has to be a hypothesis why you're creating it. Come up with an intelligent design behind the experiment. Do the A-B test because it's much easier to, 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 and quicker to get a result and with, without having to deal with what I call the business prevention unit or IT um, hmm. on, on your website. You could do it in your your pay-per-click or your Facebook ads, and then once you figure out what those core messages are that really resonate with your audience, that you're seeing higher click-through rates or higher conversion per impression, then implement that language, those wordings, those imageries onto your website, and you're more likely to get a huge impact. But get into the habit of just doing small, little things to suck less to eventually suck a lot less.
3: Yeah. Small steps to sucking a lot less. That's uh, in in one sentence. Okay, um, we're at the end of the show, so I'm gonna have to close this up. Roy, do you wanna um, uh, do the honors before Christmas, uh, ending the show for this once?
1: What? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) What do you want me to do? No, just I'm I'm just waiting. Is that his holiday gift? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's my holiday give <laughs> um, I mean, everybody a Merry Christmas, of course, and a Happy Christmas, and and a good holidays in general. I mean, it's not a, not a, not only Christmas, but I mean, we'll, we we can make it happen in the next year again.
3: Yeah, great. Okay, thank you, Brian, also for joining us uh, on the show. It's really great uh, having you. Um, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, say hi to your brother for us, and uh, uh, good luck in in uh, in 2012. Thank and, you. too. Uh, Thank you all and thank you Brasco also happy merry christmas to you Brasco thank you bye bye